Welcome to the Freedom Sessions, a podcast with just one aim, to get people thinking and questioning. How? Well, hopefully we'll put out some points of view that will stimulate discussion and debate. Anything to help us break free of dumb in all of its forms and many manifestations. This is episode 12 for season 2, episode 1. You can judge the quality of a decision by the success of the outcome. Hi everyone, Happy New Year, Happy 2022. Firstly, my apologies for being missing in action over the last three months, but life took over. You know, work life, personal life, study, a few COVID-19 lockdown distractions, and so I sort of made a conscious decision to drop a few things to feel less overwhelmed, not spread myself too thin, and be able to do justice to the things that mattered most during that time. And this podcast was one of those things I dropped for a while. And so there it was, a deliberate decision made, and I honestly felt much better for making it. And it was a decision, it was not merely a choice. A choice is usually made up of a mixture of value judgments around a number of options, often with little to no complexity and very little consequences if it turns out you'd made the wrong choice. So, for example, choosing a different brand of toothpaste. A decision, however, is like a choice, but with layers of complexity and where the outcome is likely to carry much higher stakes. In this instance, in addition to a mix of value judgments, there are also probabilistic judgments as well, resulting in a range of options plus complexity to make a decision upon. So in my case, after applying some importance weightings, I was left with a very clear decision problem. I had to make a decision between an extracurricular course of study that I'd already started and my company had invested in, or continue writing another couple of episodes of the Freedom Sessions and preparing a highlight reel for the New Zealand Podcast Awards to go through into the finals. I couldn't do all of this, and so I chose to complete the course of study that I'd committed to. Anyway, I'm jumping ahead of myself. The title of this episode is, You Can Judge the Quality of a Decision by the Success of the Outcome. But can you really? Well, if you said yes you can, then you would be sadly mistaken. Oh, that's rubbish, you're probably thinking. Of course we judge success or failure upon the outcome. Yep, we do, but that is not what I asked. What we need to think about is the role the decision or decisions that were made played in that successful outcome. Judging the success of a decision by whether there was a successful outcome is quite honestly dangerous. Because what if the decision made was totally reckless, but the decision maker just got lucky that time? What if that one lucky decision, that fluke, means that he or she is lauded as a strong, decisive and successful business leader and then continues to build their whole career on the back of that one success? And what if they cannot replicate it elsewhere? At best, we end up with more organisations failing to realise their potential But at worst, we lose more businesses through poor decision-making. 
This is a result of one of the more common and cognitive biases we are all afflicted with. Outcome bias. So now let's start again and think about this statement. The quality of a decision cannot be measured by its outcome. Instead, you must evaluate the process that led to the choices you made. This is from Dr. Barbara Fasolo. She's the Associate Professor of Behavioural Science at the London School of Economics. So now think back to our lucky but reckless decision maker we just spoke about. If we evaluate decisions by the process undertaken, this may help us pause and reflect when looking to appoint or promote a person to a key leadership position. How we can look beyond their previous records of success and allow us to better understand the decision-making process this candidate used that led to this outstanding successful outcome. Conversely, this can also help boards resist firing those leaders who made a decision based upon following a clearly robust process that considered all of the available information at the time, but where, for a variety of issues, the outcome was still a failure. To complicate things even further when thinking about decision-making and even judging and looking for people to take up key positions within your company. We need to make sure that our own decision-making needs to be continually examined, especially when we are recruiting leaders to a business. So here's a quick story of champion and expertise biases. In 2011, the board of the massive retailer, J.C. Penney, was recruiting for a new CEO to revitalise the ageing company. And they appointed Ron Johnson, and he seemed to be the perfect candidate for the role. He had a track record that included transforming the merchandising at Target, but most recently had been credited with the creation of Apple's stores. J.C. Penney's board believed that he had the Midas touch, and would successfully transform their organisation for then and the future. Johnson immediately got to work. His vision and strategy for J.C. Penney was inspired by what he had done with Apple. In fact, it was more than inspired by what he had done for Apple. He moved forward and made wholesale changes within J.C. Penney. Nothing was left untouched. A major rebrand, Stores were changed around, key brands being sold within the stores. Store redesigns were done to provide a luxurious experience for shoppers. And there was a complete change in pricing strategy. No more deep sales, no more promotions. Instead, fixed pricing with everyday low prices. The result? It was a catastrophic failure on every metric. Shoppers stayed away in droves. Existing customers no longer knew the retailer that they had loved for years and potential new customers were not remotely impressed. Within a year, sales were down by 25% and annual losses were nearly 1 billion US dollars. Even though they had laid off 20,000 staff to try and help reduce the costs. A mere 18 months later, the board fired Johnson and reinstated his predecessor, who then spent most of the next year trying to undo what Johnson had done. So what's the moral of this story? 
Or point one, in these days of uncertainty, do not always assume that past results are an indicator of future success. Point two, when hiring a new leader with a previous record of success, understand what the context was, what the prevailing market conditions were, who the customers were in those previous successes. Because successful strategy and implementation is rarely a rigid cookie cutter approach. Point three, do not be seduced by champion bias. As Shakespeare wrote, one swallow does not a summer make. Point four, always check in with the person appointed to ensure they are not blinded by their own experience bias and that they have developed a strategy and plan fit for this purpose in this context to meet this challenge and leverage these opportunities. Anyway, this episode is just an introduction to a season based upon what seems to be the most natural thing in the world to most of us, making a decision. Until it isn't. Until the context is changed. Until we have to do it under pressure. Until the stakes are really high. Until we unconsciously bow to the most experienced and knowledgeable person in the room, even when it feels wrong until we understand that different cultural norms can and often will affect the complete decision-making process. Until we understand that not only do other people's biases affect the quality and outcomes of their decisions, but so do our own. Hopefully this episode has made you pause and reflect, think about how and where critical thinking comes into this, and ultimately how to make better decisions. Over the next few episodes, we will look at other examples of decision-making under pressure and we'll explore some tools and tips that, when used with critical thinking, can improve our overall decision-making. Thank you for listening to The Freedom Sessions. Our mission is simple, to provoke debate, awaken critical thinking and to help people break free of dumb in all of its many forms. I'm Lee Parkinson, and until next time, keep safe, healthy, happy and well.